Sinners, welcome to the Zopium Den, House of Anti-Funny Dead Bible Study. CJ and I welcome your behind, yours and yours and your behind and your behind, maybe not your behind. Anyway. <laughs> no, all behinds are welcome. That's right. <laughs> Sit them behinds down and let us party on the mind-blowing word of God, y'all. Them holy hookah engines is revved up and smoking. <laughs> Blast off into outer space with the mind-blowing word of God. Yeah. All right. What are we talking about today, y'all? We are going to do, what are we going to talk, what do we want to read about? What are we going to study? We are stuttering, <laughs> stuttering. <laughs> I'm, I'm, we're supposed to be studying. I'm stuttering and whatever. All right. <laughs> Moses knows what I'm talking about. That's right. Moses be like, I feel you, bro. No, I don't know if Moses had a stutter. He just said he wasn't really eloquent and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, we'll try not to read too deep into that. We did a study on it, but no. We'll, we won't revisit that for right now. But anyway, uh, let us get our high priest and king, Yeshua, and the Holy Spirit in his name to bless our study. Let's make our study a blessing to him, y'all. Yes. Lord, we want this study to be a blessing to you. Yes. Right? We trust in you to fortify us with the goods to report of you in a way that is pleasing to you. Let us say what is wise in your eyes and right in your sight and uh, be what we can, you know, do what we can to be effective salt and light for you and fruit yes. for your glory and for y'all listening. Uh, we trust in the Lord's fortification to you, his joy, his shalom to you, uh, that you are, you know, that you are endowed uh, with his love and his light and that it, and it just glows to you. People got to put their sunglasses around. <laughs> right. So we want, you know, we, we pray for his blessings uh, uh, upon you for that, that uh, for, for your wellness and mind, body and spirit. Uh, you know, so we can, you know, we can be effective uh, disciples, disciplined for him. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lord. Yes, his name. Amen. Amen. But anyway, uh, let's talk. Let's uh, read. Uh, we're still in Leviticus 14. Talk about them. Holy herpes. Unholy herpes. I don't know if yeah. there's anything holy about herpes. Sorry. Unholy herpes. <laughs> unholy. Right. What, what was that in, in, in Ferris Bueller? A scorching case. Of it right. Said, scorching. Yes. <laughs> right. You don't want this kind. So uh, we are in 14. This would be like what? Part three. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to be talking about the Zaharat. Right. The curse and the protocols that are, are going to go with that. Now, um, let's say this really quick. Uh, when we talk about these things, y'all, we, we understand that it's, this isn't a uh, there was the Jews were meant to be the custodians of this, for lack of a better word, religion. Right. When you're a Christian, you're not a religious person. We're disciplined. Right. Yes. So when people say, you know, oh, you're very religious. It's like, no, I'm not religious at all. I actually despise religion. Um, but discipline. The Lord yeah. told us, go make disciples. He didn't say, go make religions. That's right? right. He didn't say the religion is the way, the truth and life. Right. He said he is. And we're supposed to be disciplined in his order. Mm -hmm. Right. So am I a religious man? No. I'm a disciplined man, as, at, at least as much as this knucklehead can be disciplined anyway. But <laughs> disciplined in the love and order of the Lord. That's what we are. That's what we are. Yes. Classmates, we're yes. disciplined. We ain't religious. When anybody insults us like that. Right. When people talk yeah. about like what religion has come to mean. Or no, 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 no. Don't even try to wrap us into that. Mm -mm. We ain't going to get caught up in what the world has come to make things mean. 
Yeah. Right. The Lord tells us to be disciplined. We are his disciples. Right. So um, all that to say, y'all. But as far as um, the Jews are concerned, they were charged for keeping these things religiously. Okay. Right. At the end of the day, this stuff isn't for the purpose of following a religion to be a good person or get into heaven or anything like that. The Jews were charged to keep this so they would know the Redeemer when he showed up. Yes. Their, their job is to make sure that when the Redeemer shows up, all these things validate and square up who he is. Yes. That's it. Right. Now, they were meant to follow these things religiously, to keep this law, yeah. to keep this account. That was their job. Right. That's that's the, that's their charge. They are the chosen people to do this. Right. In particular, you have the Levites who are going to keep these ordinances. Yeshua, our high priest, our high priest is a Levite. Right. All that's his priestly line. Yes. His Davidic line makes him the royal line. Yeah. All right. So that's the you know, that's, that's what we're getting down to. So when we go through these things, y'all, there's it's not so, it's not a thing for us to be able to to keep these um, these legal precepts, per se. OK. We're supposed to see Yeshua in it. That's why it was such a strict adherence to it. Because when the oh. Redeemer shows up, it, you, you're not going to be fault. You're not going to be suckered by some charlatan or anything like that. Yeah. He has to square up with this. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's, so that's why we do it. So anyway, y'all, that being said, let's go ahead and read. Uh, we're going to read Leviticus 14, 19 through 20. The Cohen should offer the sin offering and make atonement for the one being cleansed because of his uncleanliness. Nasty. <laughs> Afterward, he is to slaughter the burnt offering. Then the Kohen is to present the burnt offering along with the grain offering on the altar. So the Kohen should make atonement for him and he will be clean. All right, let's see what we got. All right, so um, right off the bat, y'all, it's letting us know that the priests make atonement for us, all right? But because of the work of Yeshua, we are now all in his priesthood, mm. right? You don't have to go to a priest. Yeshua is the high priest. You go to him, who just happens to be God, Yeah. right? So, but <laughs> we are in his priesthood, which means that we can go to him directly. You don't have to go to somebody else and call them a priest or call them father or anything yes. like that. You go to the father directly, okay? Mm. That's what the Lord did. He, he has the distinction of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Written in his blood. OK, so the ultimate lesson, y'all, points to the ultimate priest. That's what these statutes are doing. They're pointing to the ultimate priest who makes the ultimate atonement and sin offering, as we just talked about. These things are all pointing to him. OK, which is why, y'all, there are no more animal sacrifices in Judaism. Right. One, they do not have a God sanctioned temple anymore yeah. okay, to make sacrifices in. Um, that's more of uh, that's more of why they don't. But the reason why they don't is because of something that they have yet to accept Amen. themselves. Yeah. I mean, when we get down to the nitty gritty of it, right? We can say that, okay, there's no temple, but this is the real nitty gritty. Yeah. This is the thing that they have yet to accept. The purpose of the sacrifices y'all was to teach them what God was going to do for them, okay? That God would show up offering himself in the person of Yeshua Messiah. God had to show up as a human 
so he could die. Right? Now, the altar, the tabernacle, the temple, y'all, the sacrifices, it's all part of the lesson of what God was going to do for our redemption. He's performed it. He's done it. It's finished. The lesson is over. The atonement is complete. There is no reason to sacrifice in the temple anymore because the temple was about Yeshua. Yeah. All right. OK, so he, he the temple was about him. Um, now, this the, the altar, y'all, the altar is about him. Right. The sacrifice. Yeshua is the sacrifice. Right. And he is the ever lit altar. Mm -hmm. Right. That's why there's no more sacrifices anymore, because God has paid all the statutes on those in the person of his son, Yeshua, Messiah. Yes. Right? The whole time God was letting us know that something was going to be offered up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so to pay for our sins, God sacrificed something that nobody could ever really agree on, which is more valuable. Okay, we oh, let, let me explain. Let me explain. Hmm. Okay, okay. If if you could save the world, y'all, if you could save the world, what would be a greater sacrifice? What price do you think it would take to end war, famine, poverty, disease, death, AIDS? Oh. Um. Anyway, what sacrifice or COVID, I guess COVID's worse than AIDS. Now. Right. right. Uh, now, anyway, y'all, what sacrifice would be sufficient enough to be made? An operative word here being sufficient, key word here being sufficient, hmm. right? Um, God's name just happens to be Al Shaddai, which means the sufficient one, hmm. by the way. you know. Um, now, none of us could ever agree, y'all, what, what sacrifice could pay you know, for these things that we just talked about. We can't agree on a philosophy. We couldn't agree on a method, right? We're talking about all this world peace and stuff like that. We cause more fights talking about world peace, right? Right. What What is it that could achieve that, right? But there is a way, but let's just say that this way is worth a very, very high price with the understanding that any reasonable person values human life you know peace and joy right you know some people don't obviously yeah, half the country right <laughs> some people don't value these things yeah and and will either seek to steal or destroy it right so like you know the, the, these things are valuable and that's why some people try to steal it mm-hmm but or they'll try to destroy it yes because they they just they just hate these things they just they're just filled with hate right Yep. Now, but let's just say that these things are considered valuable, right, by halfway well-adjusted people. If these things are valuable things, well, that means that they have a price. And what price is high enough um, to free us from things like death? What, what price? What price is high enough for that? Right. I mean, nobody wants to die. So, you know, even even if they're even if they're suicidal. Right. They settled on death hmm. because they don't right. really feel like they're living. Mm -hmm. Right. But they don't really want to die. Right. That's just something that they've they've settled on. Right. Everybody, y'all, 
Everybody wants to go on living in excellent health, of course. Not living in, you know, just frustrated all the time, but we want to, we don't, we want to live healthy, right? Healthy yes. in all aspects, y'all. Free from death and all woes. That's what we want. Yeah. Right? That's just, that's just a, you know, I like the way C.S. Lewis puts it. You know, it's like, I know that there's, you know, um, you know, I, I have feel I have the need to breathe and there's air to facilitate that need. I have mm -hmm. a need to eat. You know, I feel hungry and there's there's food to facilitate that. If I feel the need to go on living, then there must mean that there's something to facilitate that need. Amen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just that's just logic. Yes. Right. Yes, it is. So with this, y'all, to free humanity from all these sorrows, you know, including leading up to death, what would that cost? Right. No amount of money could ever buy that. Right. So instead of trying to give us this really big number uh, of an amount, let's simplify it. Right. We'll simplify this number uh, and bring that amount down to two. Bring that amount down to two, which is going to be just as complicated for people to agree on, but we tried, right? We brought this big old number down to two. We're going to try, right? But we'll just bring it down to two people, two things, right? Uh, yeah, people, I let the cat out of the bag. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. So now if you could save, if you could save the world from death and guarantee, right? And guarantee that um, this, this, this would end up in perfect eternal peace and joy would you give your life would you give your life for that right would you be willing to save the world and give the world this gift with 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 your sacrifice right um or or would it be worth the life of your firstborn mm. oh my right it's, it's, it's a high price yeah it's something we all want right so anyway, y'all, and, 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 and let's take it a step further. Not only would it be, it's not going to be a quick death. This sacrifice, you're going to have to be publicly humiliated and tortured to death, right? Viciously and brutally tortured to death. But the good news, right? Got the gospel here. The good news Amen. is that you pay the price to end death. You paid the price to end death, which means that at least you, you won't stay dead, right? Sure, or, or your firstborn. You're not gonna stay dead because you paid the ultimate price to liberate the world from death. So you're not gonna stay dead or your firstborn, right? So at least you've been informed that despite the brutal death that you or your, force, your firstborn will be subjected to, you will still be brought back to life, right? Your death will defeat death and everybody will live in perfect health in all healthy ways, right? In perfect peace and joy. It's pretty fair trade, right? Now, you or your firstborn die a brutal death, but you get brought back to the world you saved and you're the world's biggest hero. But there's a problem, right? How can you be sure? <laughs> <laughs> right? How can you be sure? 
what evidence can be presented to you that would convince you that you would undergo this for nothing? Mm. Right. What evidence would you need? What evidence would you need? What what guarantee can be made to you that your death will guarantee the freedom from death from everybody and that you'll be brought back? Right. Could, 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 would you go along with that? Right. So, I mean, what evidence? Like, say, for instance, how about this? What if an animal? All right. It's like, OK, if you can prove to me that you'll bring, I want this kind of proof that you can bring me back to life. Kill that animal and bring it back to life. Now, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I've read like during the animal sacrifices, when they killed the animals, they made sure that you knew that they were good and dead. Right. <laughs> right. They, they, splat, they splattered their blood all over to let you know this is their death certificate. Their blood has been totally spilt. Yeah. And I don't know if they've ever brought those animals back. And there's a reason for that. Right. But let's say, what if this animal uh, was killed and brought back to life? Would that be enough evidence to ease your mind that you or your firstborn would be brought back to life? That's I mean, that would be a pretty good assurance. Right. Mm -mm, mm. If that were the case, why would you or your firstborn have to be sacrificed anyway to bring back the dead? That animal just demonstrated and showed everybody else that nobody had to be sacrificed to bring it back, right? Mm. That animal was killed and brought back to life to prove something to you. You'd be like, look, it looks to me that you can bring the dead back to life and nobody has to be sacrificed for that. Mm. Right? So that's not really proof. Except the animal, I guess the animal itself had to be sacrificed to prove a point. But no human sacrifice had to be made. Right? So it's like, why, why do we have to go through this whole thing? So that's not going to be proof. And I reckon that's one of the reasons why you didn't see things like that. Yeah. You know, because it's not going to really prove anything. Um, not that I've read, you know, and, and we know that, that e even if so, the animal sacrifice is not sufficient. Sufficient. Right. Right. So now. What and, and then you may have the question of, OK, so this animal was sacrificed. Well, what did you uh, <laughs> what did you see on the other side? <laughs> you know, you, you, it's not like the animal's going to be able to testify. Right. Did it see something? Can it testify to what it saw on the other side? You wouldn't even take Lassie's word for that. Yeah. Right? He's not like, he's like, come on, Lassie, what you see, girl? It's like, oh, that's not good enough. No, no, sorry. Uh, not this time, Lassie. I, ain't, I don't understand you this time. So what, what proof or what evidence, right? It's not going to be, it's not going to hold up. Okay? The bottom line is that you would have to have total faith and obedience mm. to make this sacrifice. Right. But it's also evident that an animal being sacrificed isn't enough to take away sin and death's dominion over man and sorrow from the world. Right. An animal sacrifice is just not going to cut it. No pun intended. Right? <laughs> it's not a high enough price. The highest price to pay. Despite so many people showing a lack of value in human life. Mm. Right. But that's why that's a big part of why the sacrifice is going to be made. Right. To free us from people's lack of humanity. Amen. Right. And us sinning against each other. That's why we're going to have the sacrifice. Yeah. Man, what price would we pay to be rid of that? <laughs> right. Where people we where we all honored each other and saw each other as, as you know, as the Lord, you know, told us what we are. We're created in his image. We represent him. Right. Wow. Wouldn't it be great to be able to live in a world where we had that kind of respect for each other? What price will we pay for that? All right. So at any rate, y'all, 
there's 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 many things, you know, to consider, you know. So all that to ask, would you be willing? Would you be willing to give your life or the life of your firstborn to give this ultimate gift of freedom to the world, free from disease, hunger, poverty, death? Right. There's many things to consider, but let's get down. Let's get down to who's going to be sacrificed. When we draw these straws, I ain't even know, you know, <laughs> we're going to get the, down to these two people, two straws going to be drawn. Right. OK. The most valuable entity on Earth, of course, should be human life. Let's just say it's human life. All right. Right. Most valuable entity on Earth. That's human life, regardless of how cheaply we may treat each other. But again, we would really like to be liberated from that. Again, what's the cost? Do you give your life? or the life of your firstborn, all right? So let's say you would insist that your life, your life be given to be tortured to death. You're gonna, you're gonna, give your, you're gonna offer yourself, not your firstborn. You're gonna offer yourself, right? It's very noble of you, all right? Um, you wouldn't let your firstborn be subject to this, right? Why not? Why not? It's because you value your firstborn over yourself. So that means that you're going to offer something you perceive as lesser value Ooh. to save the world. Right? They ain't gonna cut it. <laughs> the ransom is higher than that. It's set for what you value over your own Ooh. life. Wow. Right? So your life won't do. The life of your firstborn will be the ransom, right? But the world turns around and accuses you of sending your firstborn to die. What kind of a parent are you, right? So you can't win, right? Right? It's a catch-22. So which one is it? Your life or the life of your firstborn, right? Well, God settled what none of us can. He came to die in the person of his son, right? Mm -hmm. And Yeshua wasn't just sacrificed uh, as in, you know, he was just a sacrifice. Yeshua was sacrificed as a prisoner of war. Mm. Eh? No draft exemption for this royalty, y'all, yeah. right? Yeah. Volunteer, you know. So, I mean, even, even if there was a draft, I mean, Jesus didn't have to do this. He didn't have to do it. No. Volunteer to do it. He's a soldier, right? He's our warrior king, right? Now, here's another problem. God doesn't accept human sacrifice. So Yeshua's sacrifice had to be done a certain way, right? Yeshua's sacrifice wasn't done like a person offering himself as a sacrifice in, in hopes to appease the gods, you know, so they'll have a bountiful year with rain and, right. and, and famine and stuff like that, or plagues, etc., or a person sacrificing their firstborn for the assumed benefit. That kind of sacrifice is, of course, idolatry and uh, is basically suicide. Right? Yeah. Jesus wasn't on a suicide mission. Now, remember, y'all, how we talked about how the wood had to be arranged as positioning for battle. The sacrifice of Yeshua, y'all, is the fulfillment of that. So remember, when, when it talks about uh, the wood, meaning etz, right? Carpenter, 
gallows, right? Uh, and when it talks about being positioned, and when you break down the word, it means position for battle. Uh, just I uh, wanted to run that by you guys, really uh, remind you all of that really quick again. Yeshua's sacrifice was in the order of a grenade landing in the midst, in y'all's midst. And the only way to keep his compatriots from being killed by it was to throw himself over it. We're talking about that kind of sacrifice. All right. Or to allow yourself to be taken prisoner to give your compatriots a chance to escape, knowing that you'd be executed in prison. And tortured. Uh, yes. That is the strategic sacrifice that God made in the person of his son, Yeshua. That is another reason why human the human sacrifice of Yeshua is acceptable hmm. to God. That's wow. what made his sacrifice acceptable. <laughs> when people try to say, well, doesn't your Bible say that God doesn't accept human sacrifice? And why was Jesus sacrificed? Wasn't that kind of sacrifice. Jesus was sacrificed like what we just talked about. Okay. As a prisoner of war, wow. he died in battle, basically. All right, not the kind of battle where there's like some skirmish and stuff like that, where you can mistake, you know, or substitute Jesus or anything like. No, he didn't die like yeah. that. He was very publicly executed, so you could not mistake him. Right? We've talked right. about that before. Uh, so let's see. Now these are pictures, y'all, that are taught to us with the sin offering and the burnt offering, and when it talks about the grain offering, which is uh, for bread. You know, making points to which points to Yeshua, who is the bread. But the grain offering also means of uh, the free will offering. And Yeshua, by his free will, mm -hmm, will fulfill the sacrifices for our atonement that are implicated by the sacrifices made in the tabernacle. And then there's our free will to accept his offering. And our free will is in offering our lives to him being a living mm, sacrifice, yes. right? We go on, it's what we live, right? We don't, you know, off ourselves, you know, to, to, to appease our gods. Like, no, right. you sacrifice your, your, uh, your carnal desires and stuff like that, your right. flesh in, the, in a sense that you're not giving over to sin or anything like that, and you just live, right? You're a living yeah. sacrifice unto him. Uh, so let's see, let's take um, Leviticus 14, 21 through 22. Where you at? Uh, okay, let's see, if he is poor, and cannot afford so much, then he should take one male lamb for a trespass offering to be waived to make atonement for him, plus one tenth of an ephah of fine flour mingled with oil for a grain offering, a pint of oil, two turtle doves, or two young pigeons, such as he is able to afford. The one should be a sin offering and the other a burnt offering. All right. So if you pull, which represents all of us anyway, <laughs> because none of us has what it takes to pay for what it costs to remove sin. True. You know, and all the woes that we talked about, right? But there is a sin offering, y'all. It's like, it's almost like rhetorical. You know, it's like, yeah, we, yeah, well, why are we going to pay for this if nobody, why are we going to even offer this if nobody can even pay for it? Well, this is to remind you that, no, you can't pay for it. Yeah. Nobody can afford it. You're all poor in this. I don't care how much right. money you got. You're all poor in this. But we're gonna have, <laughs> so we're going to have this kind of like rhetorical offering of a sin offering. All right. Um, so um, let's see, because the bottom line of it is, y'all, the wages of sin is death. It's going to right? right. take, take a death, the, de the death of death, the death that's going to uh, give Yeshua 
you know, the keys into death's house, whoop is behind That's and come right. back, right? <laughs> so now when Yeshua says, blessed are the poor, he's invoking these statutes, right? So he's not just saying, blessed are the poor. Again, you know, a lot of people, when they think, when they read these things about Jesus, oh, he's just saying that because he's such a nice guy. Like, you know, when Jesus says, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. He's not saying that. To, he is a nice guy. But he's not saying yeah. that just to be a nice guy. He's invoking the laws that he gave to Moses, wow. right? Like those uh, trespass offerings, laws concerning sins that you don't know that you're committing, yeah. right? <laughs> you don't know that you're committing a sin. And you've got to understand that, yeah, this is a sin. And they make atonement for it, right? And yeah. it has to be atoned for. That's what Jesus was invoking on the cross. Once again, just letting him know, yeah, that was me. Okay. <laughs> that was me. I was the one who made those laws. All right. So this is the same thing. When he's talking about the poor who can't afford it, and when he's giving like the Beatitudes and stuff like that, it's once again, him pointing back to this. Right. So when Jesus saying, blessed are the poor, he's invoking this statue. He's not just saying this. Like I said, y'all, just to be show he's a nice person or, or to make the poor feel good about being poor right <laughs> right it, it's 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 not about that um or that they're holier people or somehow the poor are more virtuous or is no that's not why he's saying that hey he's taking us back to the law that he gave moses blessed are the poor as in anybody yeah. right who knows that no much no matter how rich you may be you ain't got enough <laughs> you ain't got enough in any of your bank accounts or treasuries to afford salvation. Mm. You ain't got it covered, wow. right? You put just as poor as anybody yeah. else, right? If you know that you are just as insufficient in funds <laughs> to pay for salvation as the poorest man on earth, then you can inherit the kingdom of God. Mm. You can't buy it, but you yes. can inherit it, right? The trespass offering, y'all, represents that you acknowledge that you have sinned right? and acknowledge that you are guilty and it represents repentance. Right? Like um, like getting a, a, a ticket, driving like a jackass. Right. I saw somebody get pulled. It was delicious. man. I was like, <laughs> I was like yeah, go fuzz, go fuzz. <laughs> right. Dude's all weaving around and bullying people and trapping and stuff like that. Cops sitting right there, dude shot past him and then couldn't go any further. And there was another car like was sitting like kind of like right by the cop. And, the, you know, the, the, the partner just kind of like leaned out the window and says, hey, can you just hold it right there for a second? So and he was like, beautiful. oh, for sure. <laughs> I was like, yeah, boy. It's nice. You know, it's, it's nice to, to, you know. To see a donkey hole actually <laughs> get his comeuppance. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and I'd like to say that, uh, you know, well, I don't not like to say, I mean, who knows, man, what kind of day the dude could have been having. He might have a really rotten day or maybe had, you know, um, an emergency or something like that. But, you know, um, sorry, I'm going to do a little bit of profiling here. I don't think so. Like, <laughs> driving that freaking meth mobile. And it's, 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 it's like, no, dude, you, 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 no, no, you had that coming. Sorry. No excuse for you. Anyway. Um, he didn't have a meeting with his client. Right. Or like, anything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Two-tone car, you know, all sun bleached and stuff like that. The window in the back busted out and stuff like that. You're a tweaker. You're a tweaker. Yeah. All right. Anyway. <laughs> and I hope that he receives the Lord's peace and truth. And that would be the best thing, yes. Anyway, so anyway, y'all, so this person, the sin offering, right? When you, when you have the sin offering, that's basically like a person who gets a ticket for driving like a jackass, 
right? Not mindful of people's safety and stuff like that. Goes and, and pays the ticket and stuff like that. And then uh, what, what, what do they do? Go right back to driving like a jackass. That's like what a sin offering does, right? Okay. So now, the, the, um, the guilt offering is the person who, um, who realizes they get their ticket and they're like, you know what? I should probably stop driving like that, right? It's, it's not safe for myself. It's not safe for anybody else, you know? So that being said, I think I'll stop driving like that. That's where the guilt off, the trespass offer. You have, you have come to grips and you repent of what it is. It's not just the, the legalism of a sin offering, yeah. right? The guilt offering is when you're like, you recognize what you've done. All right. So, um, so it's, let's say for instance, a sin offering y'all, um, or, the, or, or when you realize what the sin costs, especially with the sin that, that we're, we're trying to have removed for the world, you understand and the Lord wants you to understand that this cost, y'all, it's going to take terminal bloodshed, terminal bloodshed to remove it from the world. Right. You need to know that no creature has the blood that can buy the salvation. Right. It has to be blood bought, but only my blood is in Yeshua talking. It's only, yeah. only my blood can pay for it. So since you can't provide what it really costs to cover the cost of sin, I'll be the lamb. Mm. I'm going to be that lamb, all right, that covers the cost. But since this is a guilt offering, it means that you know, you know that you don't have what it takes to cover the cost. And you offer repentance and know <clears throat> that your cost is being covered mm. and who is covering it. Right. Right. So we talked about the correlation of the grain offering uh, on Yeshua concerning Yeshua, the oil concerning Yeshua, since we just yeah. read about the oil and stuff like that. Um, we, we just talked about that like a like a couple of um, uh, verses ago. And uh, and when we talked about that grain offering, it was in the amount of three tenths. And we talked about that. Right. Very interesting uh, insight that the Lord gave us uh, concerning that measurement. But this time, instead of three tenths, it's going to be one tenth of an ephah. All right. The word teaches us that the word for three represents just a, a quick recap, represents a triad, a trinity. So it mean, and when we talk about this number three triad trinity, it also means uh, a captain, <clears throat> great Lord, great authority. Right. So even in just the number three in the word, the word for three teaches us that God himself is triune. Right. So it's, it's, it's all in there. When people try to say that there's no doctrine of Trinity, you can be, you can sum it up in like one word. three. <laughs> right? um, but this time the amount is changed, not because God has changed. He's always merciful and he's always just. But because of the change of heart of those who realize that we are all deficient in what it would take to be free from the sin debt. The debt is the same. But Yeshua is going to cover it, right? Yeah. The one-tenth represents, the tenth, the tenth represents Yeshua. This is a tithe, right? Now, this was codified through Moses for the Levites to receive. Yeshua is a Levite, remember? He is our high priest who represents the offering. Yes, he is both the giver and the receiver, 
of the offering. He is the only high priest who is ultimately qualified to receive the offering and the only truly qualified one to give and be the offering to make perfect atonement for us. Right. Yeah. So he's covered it all. It represents him. It all does. All right. He's going to do. And and and, and all these things that he's going to do and what's going to happen to him and everything he is. This is all representing him. The priests represent him. The offerings represent him. The tabernacle represents him. The altar represents him. The incense, the colors, how they're made. It all represents <clears throat> him. Right. This Amazing. is the yes. This is the instruction of who <clears throat> the Redeemer is. And the instructions, y'all, they show that they should not have any excuse not to recognize him. Right? I mean, this is pretty elaborate stuff. Yes, it is. Right? They were supposed to be the keepers of this. Mm -hmm. This was supposed to be their lesson. But they wouldn't recognize him, mm. y'all. And they would slaughter him. Yeah. Even the very garments of the priest that they're dressed, that they're dressed in, y'all, they're called beged, which means treachery. Mm. He was always telling us how this was going to go yeah. down. Right? You have no excuse to kill me, but you're gonna. Yeah. All right? So, that tenth or tithe is going to point to uh, Hebrews 7, uh, 1, 10. And Hebrews is going to point right back at right? <laughs> It's going to point right back. Point me out. Point right back at you. Right? <laughs> okay, so let's read it. And for those who, are, who will try to get uh, out of supporting, <laughs> those who are trying to use their resources to, to share the word of God by saying that tithe was only a law for the Levites, you know, things like that or, you know, whichever. Uh, their their cop-out is wrong, y'all. Uh, and I reckon they should pay, you know, closer attention here. Uh, and I'm not saying this out of a, an, uh, an obligation, you know, to pay or not. It's, it's just a, a, a reputation. Right? I'm not trying to tell you anybody that they're obligated to make a tithe, you know, by giving this. It's like I said, it's just a reputation of, of uh, the claim of it being a Levitical statute. All right. Let's uh, let's read Hebrews 7, 1 through 10. This Melchizedek was king of Salem and priest of God most high. He met Abraham returning from a slaughter of the kings and blessed him. And Abraham apportioned to him a tenth of everything. First, his name means, let's talk about Melchizedek. His name means king of righteousness. Then also King of Salem means king of peace without father or mother or genealogy without beginning of days or end of life. Like the son of God, he remains a priest for all time. Mm. Consider how great Melchizedek was. Even the patriarch Abraham still reading. We're reading up. Uh, we're at verse four of uh, Hebrews seven, one through ten. Consider how great Melchizedek was. Even the patriarch Abraham gave him a tenth of plunder. Now, the law commands the sons of Levi who become priests to collect a tenth from the people, that is, from their brothers. Though they are two descendant from Abraham, but Melchizedek, who did not trace his descendant from Levi, collected a tenth from Abraham and blessed him who had the promises and indisputably the lesser 
is blessed by the greater. In the case of the Levites, mortal men collect the tenth. But in the case of Melchizedek, it is affirmed that he lives on. And so to speak, Levi, who collects the tenth, paid the tenth through Abraham. For when Melchizedek met Abraham, Levi was still in the loin mm. of his ancestor. <laughs> right. So, y'all, to say that all that to say, if tithing was a Levitical statute, how do you explain that? Abraham was giving a tenth, hmm. right? And who was he giving a tenth to? Yeshua, yeah. right? In the person of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is, remember, he's, he's the eternal high priest. He's yeah. not, he's not a eternal priest pro tem. <laughs> that, that would be a, a huge oxymoron. Okay, so now, now mind y'all, y'all, all that to say, even Paul said that those giving a service, sharing the word of God, have a right to make a living, y'all. So yeah. please support Make sure you get the mugs. Get them shirts, man. Where do you get these shirts? <laughs> right? All the crazy shirts out there just just promoting mind rot. Let folks know, man, that you are you you you, you party with the cool kids, man. Right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You you in the Zopium den. Get your uniform. Right? <laughs> Classmates, these mugs, support at bronzesurpermedia.com. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Right? <laughs> so anyway, y'all. Now what does this add up? What does this add up to? That tenth of grain, the grain represents Yeshua. We know why. Melchizedek, y'all, and now in coming to Melchizedek, Melchizedek is the supernatural human projection or human signature of God. That's Melchizedek. Okay? He's, he's, he's a man, right? But he's he wasn't born, as we just read. He wasn't mm -hmm. born. So he's a supernatural projection. Jesus was born supernaturally, but he's still naturally a man he was born born human he's a natural projection of god conceived supernaturally but he's still a man he died yeah. so he's a product he's 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 a, a, an aspect of nature right he's a natural projection of god into our world melchizedek pre-incarnate christ right because both they're both priests right pre-incarnate christ was the supernatural projection of god Right. So when you saw God as a man, that's who you saw. You saw Melchizedek, still Yeshua, still the word of God. All right. So these Melchizedek and Yeshua, they're the same. All right. Melchizedek is the eternal king of Salem. Melchizedek means king of righteousness. All right. The only way and there's only one king of righteousness, y'all. There's only one. Yeah. So the only way that Melchizedek could be the king of righteousness is if him and Yeshua are the same person. Is right. this a Christophany or? Not I guess quite? I mean technically one would call it a, um, a theophany. A theophany, okay. All right, uh, but but since it is for all intents and purposes, it is Christ. Just like Christ said, "Hey, before Abraham was, I am. I I should know. I was mm -hmm. the one who was with him. Yes. <laughs> I was that guy. I was that was me, Melchizedek. Right. So it means that they're the same person. Like I said, Melchizedek isn't temporarily the eternal king and priest. Right. He's either eternal, eternal or he's not. Indeed. Right? So the one tenth, y'all, is letting us know that God has been putting this in order for a while. Yeshua was the high priest that had bread and wine with Abraham mm. before he gave that bread and wine with the children of Abraham, yeah. who were his disciples. Right. 
So awesome. before he gave Moses the law on tithes, he was already receiving a tenth hmm. from Abraham. That was always Yeshua. It was always him, right? Even down to the one-tenth of an ephah, of a grain of offering, these details are yeah. all in there, right? Down to even a small tenth, <laughs> right, of an ephah, which I guess I mean, it might be like, what is the ephah, like five gallons? Something like that. It's, I mean, it's, you know, yeah. uh, you know, my, my math sucks. <laughs> but that's still a pretty good detail to cut everything down to, all right? Yes. Anyway, <laughs> um, let's see. Let's talk about the turtle doves or pigeons, okay, whichever is most affordable. Uh, this points to Yeshua handing out that butt whooping <laughs> in the temple, right? Because they were gouging people, right? Yeah. And trying to upsell atonement, right? Don't part with your own animals. Y'all go through the hassle of bringing them here, buy ours, right? Mm -hmm. But if you really want to be favored by God, uh, you'll pay this much for it. Right. Let's let's make a real sacrifice. You're going to make a sacrifice anyway. Right. No matter what, you're going to feel the sting. You may not want to feel the sting of giving up your favorite goat. Right. But you're going to feel the sting here. Right. We're going to make you pay for that. Right. So Yeshua didn't just go in there to show how angry he was. Right. Because remember, we're talking about what you can't afford and, and how people are going to exploit that. Right. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't which he was. He was righteously angry. Y'all, but he's pointing them back to these laws concerning who couldn't afford what this costs. Yeah. Right. And the bottom line is nobody can afford the cost of our atonement and the liberation of sin and death. You can't afford it. <laughs> you can't afford it. Right. <laughs> and, and side note, y'all, uh, Yeshua also used that opportunity to let them know that he was God. Yeah. Right. And when he says, hey, my house you know, will be a house of prayer. Right. I, don't, I hope y'all caught that. He also says in, in another account, he says his father's house. But, you know, he also says, I am my father are one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, <laughs> he's just letting them know what time it is. Mm -hmm. Right. So hey, maybe two people heard two different things, but at the same time, they heard the same. thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You can do that. <laughs> All right, y'all. That is, uh, we're gonna. That's we're gonna leave off on there because, uh, yeah, we're 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 gonna it, we can we can we can really go. We can go for a while, and uh, we'll we'll pick it up on twenty three. I guess that'll be what that'll be part three. I think. Yeah, yeah. So there, there's like fifty four verses in this one. It's it's pretty. Oh, wow. uh, it's pretty. It's pretty lengthy. Fifty six. Yeah, fifty seven. Yeah, fifty seven verses up in here. All right, so uh, we might be in here for a little bit, but uh, we thank you guys for uh, you know for kicking us, you know, kick, not kicking, <laughs> don't kick us, no. <laughs> kicking it with us here in the Zopium Den. Huh? Wouldn't that be a party? Yeah, a kick Zo party. Come on, dude. <laughs> All right, we thank you guys for for hanging out with us, y'all. And uh, yes. if you dig the presentation, if you guys are new, welcome. Thank you so much for tuning in uh, to our Bible study. Uh, if you'd like to support, hit us up at bronzeserpentmedia.com, you know, drop a little, you know, drop a buck in the bucket or two or anything like that. Uh, we certainly appreciate it. The message is free delivering. It's not, you know, we're just trying to pay that rent so we can keep these messages coming to you and, um, you know, grab, grab some merch. We got shirts, we got mugs, make sure you get the book, the audio book, uh, a solid right cross. So you guys get that culture war coaching. Uh, we got, um, we got some, you know, some, some stuff like, uh, some cool stuff like beard oil. You want your beard to look fly like mine, Ooh. right? I, I, uh, I joined up with the Arcadian Buffalo. They make soaps. They make, you know, these, uh, um, you know, 
lip balms they make uh you know deodorants you know they, they they make this awesome stuff support this stuff and it's like uh you know it it may uh you know may cost a little bit more but you know when you support these heathens out there it may you know cost a little bit less but in the long run we end up paying a lot more so you know um mm. and you know like we that's what we've been talking about right the cost right yeah. what it costs yeah we, we really want freedom we really want um you know godly people you know, to, to um, you know, not have to be as godly people. Why are we being subject, you know, to what these godless people want? Right. You know, this shouldn't be that way. So we, we need to support each other, y'all. If we, we see people making products and stuff like that, support them. Let's not yes. give money to people who are going the way, you know, of the world. But those who are trying to represent the kingdom in Arcadian Buffalo, these are God fearing patriots. You know, it's yep. one of the reasons why I joined up with them and I dig their products. So, yeah, you know, we uh, we products. got a, yeah, we uh, came up with a bronze serpent fragrance for the beard oil. Right. Yeah. Uh, we got soap, bronze serpent soap, uh, which is dope. <laughs> right. So, you, yeah, it's good stuff. And the lather on it is just, you know, like I said, almost sometimes it's like, man, should, I want to eat that. You know, like it looks <laughs> like a meringue or something like that. But washes off like really easy, mildly scented, you know, very mildly scented. So it doesn't, you know, get in the way of whatever it is that you like to wear for, for your smell goods or anything like that, your, <laughs> your cologne or whichever. Uh, so, you know, check them out. I'll, I'll leave the link, <clears throat> you know, support y'all. Let's support each other in this. Um, you know, we should be. That's what, you know, what the word talks about, you know, community. You know, where we're holding each other up, y'all. And, yes. uh, you know, not just, you know, giving money, you know, to the world. You know, use what the world is using. Yes, the world, um, you know, or more appropriately, the, the Lord says, use what the children of the age are doing. And children of age tend to be worldly. But we don't right. want to use what they're using for, to their means, but use it as effectively as they do to point people to Christ. You know, that's yeah. what we want to do. So we want to hold each other up at that. So, you know, like I said, I got the beard oils, beard balms. I like the beard balm. Uh, we got the soap, you know, stuff like that. So I hope you check out our website, uh, you know, and, you know, we appreciate your support so we can bring more, you know, uh, compelling, you know, and uh, imaginative whilst keeping to the principles, imaginative works, um, you know, uh, more uh, interesting productions and stuff like that, that don't stray from the word of God, but, you know, right. are put in a, uh, uh, an eye-catching vehicle to capture people's attention so they can pay attention long enough yes. uh, to hear the truth rather than listening to a bunch of lies. Yep. Can you dig it? All right, y'all. <laughs> that being said, Yeshua, we hope that our study was a blessing to you, Lord. We thank you so much for the insights that you bless us with to be able to share amongst each other, to discuss, uh, to discern, um, you know, to, to, you know, to see if these things square up, you know, as we try to report of you, uh, you know, as ever, we want to just say what's wise in your eyes and right in your sight and, uh, you know, do what is pleasing to you. Be effective, salt and light for you, Lord. And uh, for y'all listening and uh, my classmates, you know, the Lord's fortification to you, his joy, his shalom to you, you know, that uh, we are equipped to be uh, effective, salt and light for him and uh, be a minister to him and the way that we walk and the way that we talk and the things that we do. So we thank you guys so much. And we will see y'all next time. So be good, <laughs>